Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Anime Talk in Nerd Factory Reboot. <laughs> Today we're not just going to talk about My Hero Academia, but we're going to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen's new chapter, which is really cool by the way, and Mob Psycho manga. I actually finished it. It was like 10 very long chapters, but I finished it and I have some really, really interesting thoughts on it. So without any further ado, Let's get into it, because there's so much to talk about. Alright, so first of all, let's talk about My Hero Academia, then Jujutsu Kaisen, and at last, we're gonna talk about Mob Psycho. But, let's get into it, because... Uh, it was really cool what happened in My Hero Academia. So what happened in My Hero Academia was, as you may remember, last week we actually um, heard from All for One that there is a traitor in UA, and we didn't know who it was. But he actually showed um, Hagakure, and everyone was like, "Holy crap, it's Hagakure!" And even I thought that I was like, "Yeah, these are the reasons that is, she's probably it." Turns out. I was wrong. Everyone was wrong. Everyone was wrong. It is not her. But let's continue. Because I'm not going to spoil it. Who actually is the traitor. So let's get into what happens in this chapter. So the chapter opens up with Bakugo and the others training with Deku. Actually, basically everybody else is training with them. But, you know, with, with themselves. But Bakugo is training with Deku. And we're saying that, you know, his sweat is kind of, you know, getting out of his hand. And, uh... He then basically says that he has learned how to concentrate and fire uh, with Endeavor. And now he can get um, get right consistently thanks to Endeavor. What he says is that basically he creates sweat spheres, which you can actually see in the first panel. Um, he's, uh, he creates them and then fires up multiple shots at a time. So it's like a cluster, like a you know, grenade that goes off and you know, some of them are in the air. And boom, 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 boom. Something like that happens. Believe it or not, something like Nezuko's demon plot art technique? Could be, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, then he says that's how the cluster um, power works. That's like, you know, how you know his moves are going to get even stronger because now he can control the sweats and, you know, how they explode. And he takes it, he says that it takes him some time to really start sweating. That's why he's in his winter suit right now. And uh, so that he can get quicker he can get hot and hot quicker and sweat more and then we see Deku's hair is like you know broccoli Deku <laughs> because of the explosions probably he then is like yeah Todoroki-kun also is very different and he feels very different then we see Todoroki is basically holding his hands together and he's doing something and then he's like I'm still getting the hang of it but my control over my left side should be caught up with my right side. Basically, his fire side is now caught up to his right, the ice. And he says, in order to not get burned by Dobby's flames, I need to make my right and left sides into one. Then he starts to cough. <laughs> but essentially, I think what he means is that, you know, because, you know, Dobby's flames are really, really hot, he's basically trying to get his powers to be one so that he can do it simultaneously to be able to use them all you know 
all those powers at once as easily as possible so that he won't be hurt, he won't be, um, you know, slow to reacting. So he says that his left part is now ready to be up to par with his right side. So that means that basically he can do it pretty quickly. He can, you know, if need arises, he can, you know, do offense with his flames and immediately go with the ice so that, you know, he's trying to make his con con uh, concentration way more than it used to be. That's at least what I'm getting because I, I don't really get what he means by you know, making it into one. Because you can't make ice and fire into one. How can you do that? Unless you want to create huge explosions. Which sort of, you know, from his background, he just, you know, he's trying to, you know, use them both at once, maybe? I don't know what he's trying to do. Then Kaminari is talking to Mineta and he's like, you know, uh, the villain's greatest aces are now weakened. Gigantomachia is still sedated and confined. And of course, Shigaraki has been weakened by um, none other than Stars and Stripes. So he says that won't this work out if we actually find all for one and, you know, fight him? And then we are shown that Gigantomachia is actually in a, um, you know, in a place, they're keeping him in a place probably held down by many many cables as best genius did and is still being sedated so he won't wake up then when he when bakugo hears this he's like but you're short by three points and he says that first of all we probably won't be able to find him so far we found the hospital and some other places fortresses but never have we ever found all for one which means that basically all for one is the one who will find us and then he <laughs> he calls all for one the ball sacked freak, ball sack faced freak, and then you know Jiro is like, uh, don't be that rude. Then Momo gives the second point by saying that in the previous battle Shigaraki was still incomplete, and from our side we had a lot of losses, even though he was incomplete. So if anything, our chances are still 50-50 because we don't know how powerful Shigaraki still is. She's not wrong. I mean, Shigaraki was still incomplete and kicked everyone's asses, but the thing is that also um, Shigaraki is of course uh, damaged after the fight, and Deku is has that, has had access to all the quirks, you know, compared to the last time. So I would say Momo is right. Still, everything is 50-50. We don't know exactly how things will go. And then finally, Bakugo says that the villains will be the ones who decide when the battle starts. Because even if the search quirk of Shigaraki was destroyed or damaged and they cannot use it, they will most likely still be on the back foot. That's why they are throwing so many people at this problem to find out what R41 is so that they can be the ones to attack first. And honestly, yeah, Bakugo is absolutely right. Given the situation, given everything, there's no way that they can be the ones to start the fight. And even if they are, it'll be like, you know, the hospital. They'll probably be prepared and they'll still give many, you know, losses on the field. So Deku then says that maybe we should, you know, try and influence their actions, you know. And then he says that I'm going to try and head out as soon as I can for recon. And Ida immediately reminds him that, hell, no, 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 not, not you, us, all of us. And then um, Deku is like, is it okay for me to get out there with everything that has happened? And Ida says that, well, yeah, I mean, you know, Uraka's done her best to convince some people, even though, 
you know, they are not exactly all of them on our side, but they're doing their best. Another cool thing is that when he's saying that, we're seeing that, you know, Uraka is very embarrassed and looking away while, <laughs> while basically Asui is looking at her with a very big smile, like, hmm, <laughs> you're being mentioned. <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, at this point, Uraka, just tell him. Why not? So then Kaminari is like, so in the end, no matter how much we force him into a corner, All for One is still out there somewhere laughing at us. And he's right. No matter how hard you guys fight, All for One is still very much ahead. But how and why he's ahead, this is the reason. So then we are seeing Hagakure basically in the forest. She's like, ever since the uh, Ganga Mountain and Jaku Hospital battle, he has lost his entire jovial demeanor. And everyone else was the same, but it seems for him was different. Then we are shown... Ayoyama, crying and not looking fabulous as he wants to be. His parents are basically telling him that you have no choice. This is another order that we have. You have to do it. We are being monitored uh, by him. But you have to do it. If you don't do it, we will die. He will kill us. And uh, and even apparently Hagakure says that you know, Ayoyama has not smiled ever since Midoriya came back. And she was worried. So she tried to see what was going on. But what she saw was that basically the parents were talking to Ayama and saying that, hey, you did as Alpha once said, you should continue doing it. And, uh, you know, we will be killed otherwise, Yuga. They call him Yuga. I never knew Ayama's first name was Yuga. I just remembered him as Ayama. So then they say that well basically you know you have no choice you have to do it you did it in the training camp you did it in the Kamino you did it all the time why not do it now I mean you will not get exposed you're very careful and then you know I am just crying ugly crying ugly tears he's like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this and they're saying that we don't have ch any choice we cannot ignore his orders and then Hagakure is shaking and saying that he is the traitor. And then we are shown um, a panel from the past. If you remember, um, there was a time when Ayama was like, you know, in flashback, it was a baby and it was like, Mama, Papa, why am I so different? And many people thought that maybe it was because he was gay, but no, it was because he didn't have a quirk. He was quirkless. And the parents say that because we loved you, we had no choice. We wanted to make you happy so that you wouldn't feel you're different than anyone else. So they talked to All for One and All for One gave him his quirk. And uh, they wanted him to live out the best life he could, live out his dreams. But the problem was that you know they didn't know, and this is a stupid thing. They say that we didn't know if All for One gave you a quirk, things would be really bad. Like, you know, why? Why would this happen? But you know, we don't have a choice, you know, once you get once you get to have something with all for one, you cannot escape him. And then, you know, I gotta say, Ayama is just like Deku at some point, because, you know, Deku never got a quirk, but he got it from All Might and started to train. Whereas Ayama didn't have a quirk, but they chose to go to all for one and get a quirk from him. So anyways, Hagakure is then 
really shocked and she's like, I need to tell someone, I need to tell the teachers. So Ayama is then saying how difficult it was to do all of these things. He says that um, it took every ounce of my willpower to prevent me from exposing myself. I was crushed by the immense guilt all this time. I did everything I could to appear brave, but, you know, and he says that, um, he says that he thought when uh, Alpharman was captured that he would live a normal life, but it didn't happen, and uh, the parents are like, please forgive us, it's, you know, it's our stupid fault and stuff like that, and then he's like, I wanted to protect you guys, I mean, I wanted to do my best, but I don't want you guys to die and stuff like that, and you know, they're really sad by everything. And then uh, they're yelling that Yuga, you have no choice, you have to save us. And then a sound is made and we are shown Deku really shocked. Really shocked. I, I don't think I've ever seen Deku this shocked, this sad. So he's like, I heard something about the trailer traitor being you, Ayama. And then the parents are like, no, you must have misheard us. What are you talking about? This is bullshit. And then Ayama just looks at, you know, Midoriya and is like, you know, uh, he, d he just doesn't know what to say. Both of them, they don't know. And Ayama, in his mind, is thinking that I couldn't say anything that time. And then, you know, he says that I couldn't lie to you and stuff like that. And he's really looking sad. I mean, the poor guy is like under immense pressure. And... Midoriya is then like, you were the one who looked the most depressed after the battle at Ganga Mountain. I figured something was up and I came looking for you. And Ayama is like, I wanted to be an equal. He says that then, you know, he, he actually starts to say that the USJ incident, training camp, I helped them. And he says, I'm a scumbag villain. And then we are shown the cheese that he once put out. Um out of Deku's door that said, I know, and he was watching Deku, and Deku is really shocked, I mean, the way he looks, he's really sad, but honestly, I don't know, this is really sad, aside from the fact that, well, I hate Ayama for doing that, but I understand why, I mean, I don't feel so sad about him, but I do want to know more, I want to know, like, what did he even tell them? We know what was about training camp and USJ. We know that. But what about the Ganga and, you know, Jakku? What did he tell them about that? Because we know they were prepared somehow. So, look, I feel for the guy. But at this point, I think he has a chance to redeem himself. I think that's fine if they... I don't think a Midoriya will run to the teachers and be like, Hey, this guy, this guy, he betrayed us. No. I think, if anything, he will talk with Ayama and find a way to actually use the connection Ayama has with All for One to, you know, use it against him. Feed him false information, maybe find out where he is, because that was a point in the chapter. They were like, we cannot find All for One. Maybe they can now. I mean, I don't know what's going to go down at this point. But what I know is that Midoriya is not kind of a guy who will throw away a friend that easily. I'm pretty sure he will talk with him, try to convince him to work on their side, 
see how they can actually take this to their advantage, how they can find out where All for One is, what they can do. There are many things that can happen right now, and almost I would say they are very positive. I don't think that Ayama will try to, you know, harm Deku or do anything like that. It's just, you know, honestly, I feel bad for the guy. I'm not gonna say that he's justified, he's not. But I do feel bad because of the way he felt, because of the things that he did, because of how he reacted. I mean, I don't know, it just feels like, you know, I'm not gonna forgive him, honestly. But I know that he was under pressure. And it showed during the uh, many chapters that we saw, it showed that he was under pressure. He wasn't really feeling that well. But, you know, I just want to see how Deku handles this. I'm pretty sure Deku is not going give to give this guy up. And I'm happy that Deku was the one to find out. And I'm sure that he will ask Hagakure to not say anything for the time being. It makes sense to me. I mean, this is in Deku's character. He will not throw his friend under the bus this quickly. But he will try and redeem his friend and give him a chance. I don't think that he will do anything rash right now. But it really hurts, honestly. I mean, imagine you having a friend and, you know, trying to, you know, get closer to your friend, talk with them, be friendly, and then suddenly you find out that, hey, they betrayed you. <laughs> They were betraying you all this time. That sucks. Jesus, I don't know. I, I just hope that, you know, things can go well. I hope that they can, you know, find a way to actually use all of this to their advantage to fight all for one. But I do feel sad for Ayama. And uh, this was a great chapter because nobody expected Ayama to be the guy. We all thought it was Hagakure. And it made more sense in terms of, you know, espionage kind. But now I gotta say, Hagakure, I'm very sorry for putting you in a bad light, saying bad things about you. I mean, you seem like a good guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe she's a traitor as well. Maybe there's two. I, I hope not. But Ayama, I never thought in a million years it would be him. I mean, we had some clues, but you know, it was back then. It was never, you know, picked up. So we all thought that, well, probably, you know, nothing. And turns out it was something. So yeah. Damn. I never thought I'd feel sad for Aoyama. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully we'll see him redeem himself. So that's pretty much it for this chapter of My Hero Academia. So we have to wait until next week to see what happens, what Deku decides to do, what will they even talk about? I mean, as far as I'm seeing it, Deku will try and redeem Ayama. So let's hope that happens. So that's pretty much it for My Hero Academia. Now we are going to go and get into Jujutsu Kaisen, then Mob Psycho. So get ready. If you have not yet read Jujutsu Kaisen, why not? You know, wait a little, read it, and then come back. I will timestamp all of this, by the way. But, well, if you want to listen to it, let's go. And I'm putting Mob Psycho at the end on purpose, so that if you didn't read the manga or you don't want to be spoiled, you will not be spoiled, that kind of thing. So, anyways, let's go and see what is up in the world 
of Jujutsu Kaisen. Alright, now let's get into Jujutsu Kaisen and before we start, again guys, if you haven't read the chapter, uh, chapters leading up to this, don't, don't listen to this part and if you haven't read the manga, don't, <laughs> what are you doing? So, anyways, the chapter starts with um, Higuruna, Higuruma uh, telling Kogane to add a new rule. He uses his points to add a rule where basically the, um, basically every um, player can give other players as many points as they want. So they add this rule, Kogane approves it, and it's added as the 10th rule, stating players can give any amount of points they want to another player. So then immediately he's like, okay, Kogane, give one point to Yuji Itadori, and the point is given. Immediately Itadori finds out why, and he says that, well, this way we can keep both our curse technique, curse technique for at least 19 days. And then Higuruma's walking out, and then Itadori's like, hey, you can you know, help us out, you can fight with us. And, uh, you know, basically, he's like, you know, my surplus two points came from the judge and prosecutor I killed before coming to Tokyo. I will turn myself in once the barrier is up. So if you might be wondering, what is he talking about? If you remember a few, past, a few uh, chapters ago, there was this uh, court that he was there and he was trying to uh, exonerate one of his clients. Unfortunately, that didn't happen and they were found guilty and he was very mad and angry. So he immediately, you know, took his uh, gavel out and then came the judge, the, you know, his power judge. They came out and, uh, you know, that, that was what happened, basically. I think that he killed those guys because he was angry because his powers manifested and he started to you know kill them to take revenge on you know why you why are you killing my client what's wrong with you why are you finding him guilty so i think that's that's what exactly happened he did that so that's what he mentions by that he killed those guys so then he says that until i you know the barriers up and i turn myself in i will think about what i should do and uh, he says that I will probably end up hating myself more if I were to stand by your side. I'm sorry, but I'm not blaming you for anything, but I can't. So he leaves. So then we are shown where Megumi ended up. If you remember, Megumi was actually led to a trap by a lady. And he met this guy who, you know, he knew it was a trap and they wanted to do something with him. So uh, then this guy says that you pass, you pass. And Megumi's like, what? <laughs> and he says that that's enough. I can tell you, your Shikigami is quite something. You are strong. So he knows immediately that you know Megumi is not someone to be trifled with. So then he says, you know, if you were weak, I would have killed you right away. But you know, I, I don't want to do that because you know you're uh, you're really powerful. You should alloy with us and just tell me how much you know about the calling game. So. Megumi is then like, what? It's a ritual. They take advantage of the curse energy in the barrier to cross the people of Japan to the to the other shore, turning him into non-human in the process. And in his mind, he's like, I will keep quiet about Tengen-sama. And then the dude is like, what? You're friends with Kinaku or something? 
<laughs> so basically, it's like he made a mistake saying that. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, what, what the hell is going on and stuff like that. And he immediately in his mind, he thinks that maybe he's colluding with Kenjaku. So, then the sorcerer actually explains. He says that what you just said is most likely a facade about taking advantage of, you know, taking players' core synergy is most likely a facade. But no, rather than a facade, I think it's a secondary or tertiary plan. My basis for this is the following three. Why does everyone talk in free this week? <laughs> so he says, the number of players, difference in ability of players, and the barrier rule. Then he explains and says that if approximately 1000 players were to be equally distributed in 10 colonies, there would be 100 people in each colony. Alright? But among the players, there are sorcerers that are exceptionally strong, such as Kashimo and Higuruma. It's not wrong, they're very powerful. 60 sorcerers have already been killed by these two alone. There should be at least one person in each colony that is on a similar level. So then Megumi is like, so only the strong will remain after the early stages, and the calling game will reach a deadlock. Well, so then he says that it already has, at least here in Tokyo number 2 colony. He says that on top of that, there is also teleportation that occurs when entering the colony, scattering people is probably one of the objectives, but its number one goal is most likely to stimulate an early secondary awakening in the modern sorcerers. Some have died from this so-called teleportation. If they really wanted to take advantage of players' curse energy, they'd want as many sorcerers as to have long and drawn-out battles. The permanence stated in these rules is just a cover to hide their true plan. Then we are shown Kenjaku going somewhere where there's Chinese people apparently. So then he says, I'm certain Kenjaku will drop a bomb after there's only the strong ones left. And the calling game will have fulfilled its role. And then we're seeing that he's talking Chinese, someone in Chinese telling him to you know, sit down, and he says that thank you for inviting me. The guy then says, I don't know what bomb there will be, and it may not be far out, it could even happen right now. To prepare for that, I'm recruiting powerful allies and accumulating points. Then, Megumi's like, I have some questions. She doesn't seem very strong. Why not kill her? <laughs> and then the guy is like, oh, she's just bait, chosen randomly to lure the players, since they are less cautious towards women. I mean, that's sad. And then Megumi's like, and once she's useless, you can kill her and turn her into points. And he says, no, I would never do that. And then the girl is like, Regi-sama is my true knight. So the guy's name is Regi. Regi-sama is my true knight. He'll protect me as long as I devote myself to him. <laughs> and Megumi's like, you're a simpleton. Do you and your friends have 100 points combined? And the guy says, yeah. And Megumi's like, okay. A rule will be added soon that will allow us to give points to each other. So hand over all your points. And then Regi-sama is like, okay, okay, negotiations has failed. So I'll consider joining your group. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
Actually, you know, this bubble was... This is a really bad place for the bubble. I, last night, I actually read it. I thought it was like that. But no, it's actually this. Hand, uh, hand over all of your points. Then I'll consider joining your group. This is what Megumi says. I actually thought this guy said it. Then he's like, okay, negotiations failed. So a guy attacks from behind. Tries to hit Megumi, but, well, you know, because of his abilities. Now he can use the Shikigami to actually go into the shadow and come out of somewhere else. It's a really cool power he has right now. So he does that same thing. He grabs the guy and uh, one of his Shikigami attack Regi and then he throws this guy from that high place to down and says Nui. And you know, then his other Shikigami, Nui, the bird, comes and you know, throws the guy down hard, as hard as he can. And the guy is just like laying down like bleh. <laughs> and the girl just realizes that you know the bird was out all this time and Megumi is then like never show me your face again or I'll kill you and then uh, you know the guy the Regi is guy uh, actually hits the Shikigami with two knives in the mouth the Shikigami wolf and then he says you seemed tepid because you can't kill us since you want your opponents since you want our points, however, if you don't fight with intent to kill, you will regret it once you are dead. He's not exactly wrong, honestly. I mean, if you want the points. Then we see an eyeball drop from high up and Megumi just suddenly, you know, looks at the eyeball that is dropping. And then, you know, we hear ravens. I have no idea what this eye is, but then we are shown that, you know, then uh, basically this is what it says. It says that the difference in resolution will decide life or death. Very cool. So, a few things to note. First of all, Higuruma apparently is out of the picture for now. We don't know if it will be back. At the same time, we are understanding that, well, the calling game is not exactly for the powers alone. They're trying to you know, get as many um, sorcerers there as possible, kill many weaker ones, get some people out there to become more powerful, and you know these guys who are really powerful remain so that they can all be killed. What was the point of this then? So I don't know what Kinjaku is actually planning, but I know that this guy is crazy. He's lunatic. He's a real lunatic. What? Why would you do that, Kinjaku? But the fact that he's now including with Chinese it's even worse because I don't know what Chinese even have to do with the story right now are they you know doing something with Kenjaku do they have a contract with the guy um, do they want sorcerers dead is that their plan like do they did they ask Kenjaku to do this or Kenjaku is offering them the sorcerers being like yeah okay I'm, I'm giving the sorcerers they I can kill all of them if you want but you have to give me this so we don't know at the moment. However, then we have this Regisama who... Not Sama, let's call him Son. Why do I have to call him Sama? He's not my boss. But we know that um, Regi guy is basically not that powerful as we might seem. Because if he was that powerful, he probably would have forced Megumi. But I think that he is powerful enough to fight him and, you know, do his best to, you know, um, force him to do things. Um, so we don't know what exactly is 
going on right now, what the fight will entail, but the more important thing, whose eyeball was that? Why was it falling? Like, why are ravens going there? Are they going to eat the body or have they already, you know, have they already eaten the body? We don't know. But I'm very excited to find out more because, you know, I, I honestly, Jujutsu Kaisen is kind of a difficult thing to predict. Sometimes it's very easy, but most of the time it's really difficult because, you know, it's still building its world while moving the story forward and the stories that are there as well. So technically it's not that easy to predict, but I'll say that, well, we are going to see Megumi fight this guy. We're going to see, like, you know, how their fight goes. And uh, we're going to find out whose eyeball was that. I have no idea who could that be. I really don't. I, I don't want to even hope, like, who could it be. But it's still very exciting to see, you know... Um, and, you know, this rule, he's not wrong. I mean, he's right. The teleportation kills many of these guys. But what was the point? You know, that's the thing. So, honestly... I do want to see how their fight goes, what's this guy's powers, um, what happens to this girl, do they kill him or not, Because kill her or not, because she's very annoying. And then of course we have the eyeball. I have no idea, I mean the first time I read it I was like, what happened, was this eyeball something that could explode? But then I think that no, it didn't explode, but it was someone's eyeball. Is it of any significance to us? I mean, Megumi did look at it like, what the hell. So, we don't know exactly, but I'm very excited for everything that's coming, and honestly, I don't know what's definitely going to happen, but like I said, I'm very excited to find out, because I know that from this point on, things are gonna go crazy. Megumi's gonna try and get the points from these guys, he'll probably succeed, he'll probably get the points, he'll get 100 points, and then they'll go for another rule. So, I don't know. But I'm very excited. I mean, we still have lots to look forward to. This is a calling game. This is a huge game. There are other people in other colonies. We have other people to look forward to. Finding those, um, you know, characters who are also very powerful and you know, can cause trouble. There's so much to look forward to. But at the moment, I dare to say that maybe it's going a bit slower than I would like. Maybe because, you know, it's now at the heat of the moment in the arc so that's why i'm probably like thinking that yeah, this is too slow get it faster <laughs> but still honestly you know, one week delay was really too much i think that you know something some mangas like you know my hero academia and jujutsu do take a long time to get to a point just show us what the hell is going on but i'm very excited for what's coming and with that said now we are going to move to mob psycho again Another thing to remember, if you haven't read the manga, just skip. You'll be spoiled heavily, heavily. So, on to the next one. Alright, continuing on, um, we are now at the next thing to talk about, Mob Psycho manga. So... First of all, I don't understand why some people said that there isn't enough material to get his first season. Who said that? Like, have you read the manga? Because I think people who said that probably haven't read the manga at all. They're just looking at the list being like, okay, 90 to 100. Hmm, that is not a lot. Dude, what? That's a lot. 
it's actually much more than you think. I'm actually thinking that you know because you know the, the how big um, the chapters are. So that's what probably think people think. I mean because you know yeah chapter ninety one um, is basically where season two ends, right? And you might be thinking that, yeah, well, nine chapters, how are they going to do it? You haven't read the manga if you say it. If you say that, you haven't read the manga. It's obvious to me. Because these chapters are very big, very large. Actually, the final chapter, chapter 100, is actually 100 pages. So it's obvious you guys haven't read it if you say that. If anyone says that to me, it's very obvious. Just go read the damn thing. So anyways, um, in these last chapters there's a lot of things that happen if you remember there was that big ass tree that um grew it was it turned out to be the broccoli in mob's pocket so that tree starts to create lots of problems it starts to well take nutrients out of other plants it starts to crack um you know the asphalt in the ground and stuff like that and at the same time there are many people, many groups that come out and say that, yeah, this is our tree, this is from our god, this is from this thing, this is from that thing. Until that, you know, they, you know, people talk to Mob and they're like that, yeah, you are probably, you know, the head of, the, you should be the head of this, um, uh, you know, group that praises you and they think like, you know, this, this, uh, they're looking for you. Like if you remember in this season two, they were looking for Mob, trying to pic take pictures of him, but he passed out before he could reach the line. And then that girl was like, "Yeah, you should try and lead them." And then of course, you know, Reagan is like, "Yeah, you should lead them. Why not? I mean, it's a big group. It has a big following. You should, sh you should do it, Mob. Yeah, definitely do it." So Mob is psyched to actually do it, but unfortunately, by the time he's trying to do it, he can't. And somebody else that looks basically mob but in a mokujin kind of design like imagine like mokujin from tekken if you will or if you know what's a mokujin you're okay, already doing it but if you don't basically imagine a wooden um version of mob like a wood wood like carved out to look like mob comes and says that hey i am your god you have to praise me and things like that and things start to get weird over the course of the few chapters we understand that people are being brainwashed either by chocolates candies or um, herbs there are many things they're brainwashing to praising this dude to the point that everyone's like yeah we have to spend five hour five minutes a day praising our lord so everything is going not as planned and reagan and mob try to you know find out what's going on alongside his brother unfortunately the brother also gets brainwashed and then they're like okay something is up they find out that dimple is the one doing all of that. If you remember, Dimple wanted to be a bad guy, he wanted to rule over the world, and he had this opportunity, and he took it. He started to get people to praise him, and you know, that other kid, uh, Mob's rival, I don't remember his name, just give me a second, because there's so many names. Mob... Kageyama, okay, I just say Kageyama's rival. Kageyama, rival. Alright, Hanazawa, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Hanazawa, I forgot your name. So anyways, yeah, Hanazawa actually goes to fight Dimple earlier. He loses because Dimple is now very powerful. So, 
he loses then they find out what's going on and you know when they try to go um reagan also for some reason starts to say nonsense like yeah why do you want to do this mob let them just you know stay there oh, who cares don't do this don't do that like you know, let them be who they are and he finds out that he also has been brainwashed and turns out the reason that he has been brainwashed is very simple mainly because you know as it's later we find out is that basically because everybody else is brainwashed those who are you know basically not that powerful in mind they will also start to get brainwashed as well without having to you know um, eat anything or have anything done to them so it's kind of weird honestly everything that happens then mob decides to go into the sacred tree and fights Dimple and the thing is that you know slowly his anger is building he's slowly be he's, he's slowly lo losing himself but it doesn't work and you know uh, until he loses it completely at which point Dimple is like oh shit I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like you know screwed and stuff like that but it, he doesn't because then Mob is like no I'm not gonna do anything to you you are my friend, I trust you, and I tried to do something and you showed that I can still trust you. And then Dimple is like, you kidding me? I'm trying to kill you here and stuff like that. And he doesn't fight. He doesn't fight him back. And, um, well, it's kind of, you know, beautiful that Mob still believes in Dimple. So Dimple starts to say that, alright, fine. Even though I can definitely rule over the world slow, slow, slowly, but he can if he mob doesn't interfere. He decides to okay, not do it, so he leaves it behind and starts to, you know, destroy the tree. And he asks what the plan was to destroy the tree, and turns out the plan was to basically grab the tree and throw it into the ocean. So he wants to, you know, get, uh, you know, mob out of there, but then the tree who has been some basically symbiotic relationship with Dimple has had some of those powers and also wants to rule the world so the tree starts to create these Mokujin versions of Mob again and again and then Dimple starts to fight them but of course Dimple doesn't have that much power anymore he's slowly giving up his power and uh, so he wants to fight them and then he sees that Mob having went over 100% and not using his powers but him being very tired he decides to you know help him out and says that okay mob this is the first and last I'm gonna brainwash you so now start to walk and get away from here just go and mob is like okay fine and he, he starts to walk even though he probably shouldn't be able to he walks and goes away while we see that you know Dimple is being grabbed by the trees uh, minions and being destroyed and then slowly we are shown that basically everyone's memory of the brainwashing is gone and that you know slowly the tree starts to get off the ground and go towards the ocean so this chapter this arc to me was actually really beautiful there's a lot of details that I probably forgot to say but it was such a beautiful arc nonetheless mainly because of who mob is and how he trusts everyone trusts his friends trusts his allies and it's because you know this story this whole story is always about mob and who he is what he is what he wants to do and to me it was so beautiful 
I loved it. I loved how he believed in Dimple, even though Dimple was a bad guy now. So, my god, what a beautiful arc. What a beautiful arc. It's so damn good. So, this was one arc. We actually have two more. The second one is um, a very weird one. Basically, because of everything that has happened, um, the... I don't know what club was their name, like Mind Readers Club or something like that, Telekinetics Club, something like that, the school. The club starts to disband because they're thinking that, okay, we haven't found anything, there was no point in it, you guys aren't even interested, and stuff like that, and you know, the, the leader is basically, um, leader of the club actually is very angry and she's very disappointed, she's like, okay, fine, I'm leaving. But... The guys there um, start to think that, okay, maybe we should do something to um, cheer her up. So they go to Mob. They actually start to read the books that she had. They don't find anything. Then they go to Mob. And they're like, can you read mine? And he's like, no, I can't. But they, they said, can you at least help? And then they started to basically you know, think about what they can do. So... They realized that they had two guys previously who could do telekinesis, but they did it only with themselves. The twins, if you remember. The one who looked like circle and the one who looked like square. I think it was in season one you could see these guys. So, season one or season two? Actually, I think it was season... Yeah, season one. Yeah, season one. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, yeah. They, they see that and they bring these guys and they explain that, yeah, we can do it with them with ourselves, but we can't do it. So, next thing, they say that, okay, with Mob, we can actually amplify the results because, you know, he has powers. He can, you know, give and take powers. Uh, he can't take, but rather give. He can give powers. It's not like all for one. <laughs> I confused it. So, he starts to amplify it and suddenly someone appears. And they're like, oh crap, did it work? And he's like, no, I was here, I was coming here to basically rest and what works. So they're like, oh yeah, this is one of the previous members of the club. He didn't believe in us, he left and stuff like that. And he starts to make fun of them. They start to do it again. And then, uh, you know, the leader of the body improvement club comes in and is like, you guys are here? I was trying to get something. And it's not still him. So then, again they do it, and this time, the first guy starts to get angry and says, stop this. And then they understand that, yeah, this guy has telekinesis. And he tells them his backstory, and they say that you have to help us, and they try their hardest. Mob actually talks to him and tries to convince him, and he is kind of convinced. So their plan is very simple. Because they know that they now have a telekinetic guy, they want to go up to a mountain where every New Year's at 5 p.m. Um, a an alien spaceship has been found. So they want to go up there and you know do the telekinetic stuff with their chance to see if they can actually find the aliens and talk to them. So doing that, the guy is after many many talks is convinced, and he's like, okay, fine, let's do it. So they go to the top of the mountain. And they actually find, they actually get the girl to come back, the leader, the previous leader of the club, even though she's very hesitant. She comes back and 
there are some stupid things that happen that you're almost like, oh crap, this is not gonna happen. But it happens. They go, they forget the book that had the chant in it, but they go up the mountain however they can, and the girl is still very skeptic until, you know, the guy who could do telekinesis, he suddenly gets angry and says what exactly the girl is thinking to her, and she's very shocked. She's like, what? You can read my mind? You're telekinetic? So, um, they do that, and he says that he has actually written down the chant, and he has remembered it, so they all do some, you know, infinity shapes with the stones. They stay there, they start to say the chant. They do all of that, and the aliens appear. This is where the manga gets really weird. The aliens actually appear. My god. <laughs> and they're so cute. So the aliens appear, it's so funny. They appear, they go talk with the aliens, but they have to do it through telekinesis because they don't talk our language. They can't talk. So they do that. They talk telekinetically, and they then they say that now, you know, the, apparently they were there for a long time. Not that long to say, you know, days or something, but they were there in the space with them. And seriously, who thought of this suddenly, out of nowhere, to have aliens in this manga? But <laughs> it happens, and then they say, okay, now you have to bring us back to Earth, we have to go back, we have families. So they give a keepsake to the, uh, the guys, and then, you know, everyone gives them what they can for keepsake. They give, like, you know, um, their clothes, their PS Vitas, their things like that. But one of those guys who actually gave away his PS Vita, he was actually kept as a spaceship because they thought that he wants to live with them and he cannot do telekinesis. So the poor guy actually lived with the aliens for 10 days before he was able to tell them that, hey, can you bring me back? I don't want to be here. So it's so funny to me that the poor guy was just offering something as a sign of friendship, but they said, okay, you want to come with us? Let's go. No, I never said that. It was so funny, that part. And then, then we get near the final arc. The arc that I think that culminated in a very beautiful ending and sad ending. The arc where we are shown that Neil Mob is doing his best to tell the girl he likes that he likes her because apparently she's moving away in a month from that school altogether. And he has no choice. So he tells everyone, and everyone is okay. it's like, okay, we'll help you, don't worry, you can do this, it's fine. They'll give him advice, they start helping, they give so much energy that you as a reader, you're like, yeah, you can do it, mom, go do it. Even though I was like, why, why am I so excited? <laughs> or nervous. <laughs> so, they all give him a good energy that you can do it, don't worry about it. And then, the day comes that he should tell her. By this point, Mob has talked to everyone, everyone is so excited to see him succeed. Mob is basically walking, uh, he goes and gets a bouquet, he cannot buy that much, but one of those villains who was now working in, um, in a flower shop catches up to him, and he's like, hey, hey, you wanna trade with me? And he's like, but that's a bigger bouquet, and he's like, yeah, I know, just trade. <laughs> and they trade. And uh, he gets a bigger bouquet with some flowers. He's walking down the street. He sees a kid is almost going to be... A cat, actually. No, no. A cat is almost going to be hit by a car. He saves the cat by stopping the car. But then he sees that there's a kid 
who's also going to be hit. I mean, at this point, in this world, does nobody watch where they're going. So he's almost being hit, and Mob jumps in front of the guy. And he's hit really hard. To the point that his head's bleeding. That you actually think that he's dead. But then we are shown that his body is slowly going away. At least in another world, it looks like that. And then I realized, before it even began, that in season 2 there's a scene where the body goes away and mob reaches zero, sorry, question mark, question mark, question mark, percent. And then that bad guy says that, so this is what happens when your vessel goes away. Your true power shines. And unfortunately that is exactly what happened. The vessel, the body, goes away because of, of course, you know, the accident. And he goes into uh, question mark percent mode. So he gets up. His hair is like, you know, floating in the air. His eyes have no expression whatsoever. His body is like black. And he's destroying everything as he's walking just towards one single goal. Getting to the girl. And he has no idea what's happening at this point. He's still unconscious in his own mind and body. So he's destroying everything. He's so scary. I've never seen Mob this scary. He's destroying everything in his path. He doesn't even need to do anything. He's just walking and he's destroying everything. And things are not looking good. And slowly people are alerted that, hey, something is happening. Something is happening. It's not good. And, you know, everyone's evacuating. But there are some people who don't even know what the hell is going on. Then we are shown the girl and... She's like, uh, you know, the friends are telling her, okay, let's move, this is bad, something's happening. And she says, no, 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 I have someone who's coming, he will definitely come, we need to talk. And then they say, okay, do whatever you want. So she's, she sits on the bench, and she's like, you know, because Mob's voice was shaking, so something is going on. So she's staying for him. But boy, oh boy, does nothing look good, because, you know, everything is just, you know, getting from one place to another like he's destroying everything and no one is able to stop him and then we find out that two of those villains the glasses guy and the other guy who in the previous season were like let's find a job they actually did find a job one of them became the manager and he was helping him so they find out what's going on they go to try and stop mob but they can't they immediately get pounded by mob by how strong he is so they can't do anything. Slowly everybody else starts to find out what's going on. Hanazawa tries to go and stop Mob. He does his best to stop Mob. But Mob at this point is so crazy that he doesn't understand that. Hanazawa doesn't really know what's going on. But he thinks that maybe, you know, Mob talked to the girl and the girl rejected him. So that's why maybe he's so angry. But Mob doesn't answer. So what he tries to do is basically, you know, try and stop him. But then, you know... He starts hitting Hanazawa even harder and harder and things are not looking good for him. Until, until you know, there's a huge explosion that happens that, you know, we think that Hanazawa at this point is dead. And maybe Mob has killed everyone who was there as well because they were screaming. 
turns out Hanazawa was able to, you know, and by this point he's been hit so hard that he's technically, not technically, he's basically naked. <laughs> Everything was blown away, even his hair, again. But the poor guy is like, you know, mob, no matter what, I will always be your rival. So then what we see is that he has saved everyone. No one died. But then still mob keeps going on. Then we are seeing that um, Suzuki actually is going to be dispatched with a lot of people to stop Mob. Um, and it's very much like Suicide Squad because they're like, yeah, we will blow your heads off if you disobey us. And I was like, really? Really, dude? It's never even mentioned again. But still, it, they say that, and you know, uh, Suzuki is like, yeah, you guys are not good for this job. You're gonna die. So he makes them unconscious and then jumps out of the plane and they're like D did he have a parachute <laughs> marvel and dc by the way at this point so much so he jumps down and he says that i have to repay a debt to you you saved me once and i'm going to save you unfortunately mob is so powerful at this point and his power is still climbing that there's nothing suzuki can do even his son comes around and tries to help dad but there's nothing they can do and then there's a moment where he's like son does your mother talk about me? He's like, yeah, sometimes she asks about, she asks about you and he's like, okay, son, I'm going to die. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Takes them away. They go away. And I was like, what? But he was seriously, what the hell? He was so powerful that he beat the crap out of Suzuki without doing anything. Suzuki was like, okay, no, 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 no. This is too much. I'm going. Bye-bye. He just runs away. And I was like, what happened to the bomb in his head? Is that gonna have any effect? Are they gonna do it? But well, we don't know. But still, even he beats that. And then his brother comes and tries to, you know, calm Mob down. And by this point, Mob is actually awake in his own body. But there's nothing he can do. The body is doing all of it on his own, and the girl is still waiting for some reason. And then, you know, um, basically, you know, Kageyama's brother actually uh, talks to him tries to calm him down and uh, tries to you know tell him that hey this has happened before and we're shown a scene where you know uh ritsu was hurt really bad in the head and that's probably when the first time this power had come out of mob himself but we don't know exactly uh what happened then or what was going on but still it was really weird for everyone like he had that power so then, um, you know, things move on and, you know, um, he tries to stop his brother and we're seeing slowly the counter go up. However, the funny thing is that even though you might think this is Mob's counter for going up, it's actually Ritsu's. And Ritsu suddenly um, gets really angry to try and stop his brother. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. Still... Mob can beat him very easily, very, very easily. So, kind of sucks. Basically, you know, he tried, but he still failed. And slowly, Mob is still going towards, you know, um, the goal that he wants. And uh, at this point, Reagan finds out that what the hell is going on, and um, Reagan asks um i forgot the guy's name who, oh yeah uh, serizawa 
asks Serizawa to take him to the storm and see what's going on and he finds out that this is probably Mob. So he goes there and you know tries to you know um, talk to Mob and see what the hell is going on, what's this, what's that. So as he's going on you know things are getting more intense so Serizawa has no choice but to go away. So he keeps on moving. He keeps on moving, he goes there and sees and finds that Mob, yes, is in the center of um, the storm that's being caused by this destruction. He tries to talk with Mob, Mob just throws him away and away. And actually, before that, I think that, you know, there were body improvements that were trying to stop Mob. And, you know, Ritsu came in. But yeah, anyways, uh, Reagan is trying to, you know, talk to Mob and, you know, calm him down. But it doesn't really work, and at the same time, Mob is talking to himself, the other side of him, who says that, yeah, you're holding me back, you're doing crazy things, I don't want to be held back, this is my power, we can do many things, we can tell the girl that we uh, love her and stuff like that, so everything is just going out of control, and Mob is like, no, I will face my own feelings, it's none of your business, I will do it, but don't do this, don't kill people like this, and... And then you know Reagan, you know then the other side of Mob hates Reagan because he knows that this guy is a fake. So he actually tries to kill Reagan, but Reagan is saved by Dimple, who is alive, even though we thought that he was probably dead after finding the tree, holy tree of broccoli. <laughs> so he's still alive, and my God, it was so cool to see him alive. And then you know he saves Reagan. Reagan doesn't die, but Reagan is then like, okay. You can leave now and he's like are you sure you can die here and he's like i know just leave i need to talk to mob alone so then mob uh, you know the other mob the bad mob is you know really angry at reagan and reagan just looks at him and he's like you know mob i lied to you i was never psychic i never had powers i was a bad guy for using you just like everybody else has used you but when you came, you changed my life, you were a good guy, and you made my life better than what it was. And the other mob is actually shocked that Reagan is saying this. And by that point, the other mob has defeated our own mob. So he's really shocked, he's really angry that Reagan is saying all of this, and slowly he starts to come around and go back to who he was. So then, you know, uh, he's like, okay, if you're okay now, just go talk to a girl, finish this whole thing up. And he just looks at his master, and you know, by that point, you know, the bouquet is just ruined. But he's like, okay, I'll do it. So he goes and tells the girl, and who's actually still waiting for Ma, that he likes her, and um, then he comes back. And by this point, your Reagan is looking really terrible because of how many times he got hit. But they talk and they say, okay, what happened? And he's like, yeah, she she rejected me. At this point, Mob is smiling. But then he immediately breaks down, crying. This is the first time I think we ever see Mob show sad emotions like this. And it was so beautiful, such a beautiful chapter because... All of it actually, these few chapters in the end, they were so good because they showed Mob who he is as a character, how he can influence people, his feelings, to be more honest with his own 
feelings, regardless of everybody else and who might think what of him. It was so, so beautiful, so heartfelt. And by the end, where he basically says, "Okay, I have to face my own feelings. There is not. This is nothing that I shouldn't do." And it really made me sad for him. And you know, when I heard that, yeah, he basically, um, you know, uh, he could face the thing that. Unfortunately, the girl turned him down. And now he was showing his emotions. That made me really sad. That made me really, really sad because I was like, the guy did his best for so long. He tried to, you know, get this girl's attention, but now it didn't work out. But at the same time, I say that, well, you grew up, mom. And I found out that there's actually a chapter 101, which is the epilogue, where we are shown that Mob has grown as a character. He has grown far more. He's far more expressive. And uh, we are seeing the future a little bit, and then we are shown that you know the uh, that girl from the club is working with Reagan. Reagan now has more people work for him, and everyone gathers around to um, have a surprise for Reagan. Even Suzuki's son comes, who actually looks like his dad now because of the hair. So, anyways, they come to you know, kind of you know, um, get this birthday for Reagan. So they come and. Uh, even though you might think that your mob wouldn't be there because of what the master finally said, Reagan said, he's there as well. They celebrate, he's so happy, and they sort of tease him. And then he almost drops his cake, to which point one of these espers grabs it and, you know, throws it into <laughs> Reagan's face. We don't know who did it, but I'm willing to bet that maybe mob did it. Because, you know, as a payback. But it was so funny. And I gotta say, the reason I loved this manga so much was the feelings that were involved. Over the course of these few chapters, last chapters, not also counting all of the things that happened before, we are seeing Mob grow. We are seeing Mob face emotions more, see how he can affect everyone else around him. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see that your Mob has this kind of effect. And to see him finally grow, face his fear, and he did his best. He failed in the end, but not really. He grew, he actually continued his body improvement class. He had so many first years to try and train with the others. There were so many good things that came out at the end. And I think that you know, this was a win for Mob. You didn't get the girl, sure, but at least you've grown emotionally. And you're a better guy for it, Mob. So I think that Mob Psycho ended on a very beautiful note. Very beautiful note. It ended where it needed to. To finally see that Mob came to terms with himself, with his feelings, with who he is, with who he tried to be, even though he wasn't sometimes. It was so beautiful. During that, we've seen him Mob, you know, Mob basically being, like Reagan puts it, teenager in uh, puberty he doesn't know what he wants to do he doesn't know what his life is going to be like it's so beautiful and seeing that truly you know is is very very beautiful very heartfelt very heartwarming uh, it's just very nice and to have an actual resolution to all of that was something very beautiful 
But I gotta say, why the hell isn't the volume available in English? Who decided to actually print it so late? And why can't you print it now? All of it! By that point, I think it will be 2026 and I still haven't seen the last volume of the manga printed in English. What the... Well, anyways, if you haven't read it, and by this point you did stick around, you have it spoiled for you, but I'm pretty sure that you're now excited to go read the manga and watch the anime. But if you have read it and if you did enjoy it like me, I'm pretty sure that there's so many memories just pouring in here like, yeah, I remember that panel. But I definitely want to know what you guys feel. Um, what did you guys enjoy about these last few things? And uh, you know, just tell me your opinion. I want to know um, what you guys loved about this final few chapters. And honestly, I gotta say, it is called only 9 chapters. 10 if you count 101, which you have to count. 10 chapters, 11 chapters. But... It is far more than that. It's so beautiful, so so much longer than you might think. And it's so good. So read it. Read the damn thing before the anime comes out. And if you don't want to read it, fine. You have to watch the anime. It's really good. It's so beautiful. And I can't wait to see that final arc animated. Because it seems to be such a heavy load for Bones. And honestly, I'm excited for it. So, anyways... Uh, that's pretty much it, that's my review of it, that's what I uh, think about it, and uh, I think that it was a beautiful manga, it was so uh, well done, and uh, you know, it was just such a, you know, awesome ending to an awesome manga, and you know, powerful uh, ending to all of it, so honestly, if you if you can basically read it enjoy it and tell me what you guys think so I highly recommend you guys to read the manga as I said I have left out a lot of details out because well honestly I don't remember everything about it but I'm remembering you know, the important points but honestly there were many moments that I basically you know shed a tear of happiness and at the end I actually shed a lot of tears because of how it ended but yeah definitely definitely read it and get ready for season 3 because it's going to be one hell of a season. So let's wrap it up here. I think that's more than enough. I basically chewed your ears off by this point. So thank you guys for joining and if you did enjoy it as usual why not share, subscribe and leave a review. I'd be very happy to read your reviews and um, share your thoughts with me on the final few chapters of uh, Mob Psycho. I want to see what you guys thought and what you guys felt when reading it and did you think it was a great ending to this manga or it could have been better. I actually think it was great. I don't think it could have been any better. It was so good. So thank you guys for joining. Uh, we'll be having um, throwback review for Okami HD which I really suggest you guys buy and play because it's awesome. But I will have a review for it and explain why it's so awesome and why you should stick with it. And um, on Thursday, we will have a watch or skip for Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. So that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for joining and uh, I'll see you guys next time.